people understand how to use a book. It's not just to read. It's not a math book where you are going to learn something uh, who is going to help you for the day to day. It's going to open your mind. So it's like a collection of movies. Uh, it's not uh, Amazon movie with uh, five million of uh, movies what you can see. We are doing the editing and we are proposed to the customer the best of the best about style. On the 2000 books what we did, 80% are really just about style. Hi, I'm Dan Rubenstein, and this is The Grand Tourist. I've been a design journalist for nearly 20 years. And this is my personalized guided tour to the worlds of fashion, art, architecture, food, and travel, all the elements of a well-lived life. When it comes to the intersection between style and publishing, today it's commonplace to see thick, oversized books on glamorous destinations, fashion labels, and jewelry houses. But it wasn't always so. My guests today are a singularly important family in fashion, style, and global glamour, the Asselines. Founded by French couple Prosper and Martine Asseline in the mid-1990s, and now joined by their son, Alexander, their publishing house has broken the mold in so many ways. To date, they've made almost 2,000 books, but it all started with a single project that was so on the money, it's still in print today. A title on the famed ultra-exclusive hotel in the south of France, La Colombe d'Or. More on that later. Starting in Paris and later expanding to New York, where the company is based today, Asseline publishes books that are never academic, but instead distill the essence of a place, person, or brand into a visual format that itself is a work of art. Whether it's a book about the Amalfi Coast, the high jewelry of Cartier, or the works of Picasso. Today, the publishing house of Asseline is evolving into a fully-fledged lifestyle brand, with flagship stores, various gifts and accessories, and even a library curation service. But above all, the Asselines are gracious, passionate, and in my eyes, the ultimate arbiters of a life well-lived. When it comes to the world of luxury, their words should be treated as gospel. I caught up with Martine, Prosper, and Alex from their respective homes and offices in New York to talk about how they accidentally found themselves starting a publishing house, why true style has nothing to do with money, and why the metaverse might be the next great destination for the fashionable set. In the world of sort of publishing and style, you guys, uh, the the Asseline name has become so well known and so synonymous after after such a long period of time. But I, I'm sort of fascinated with the early days of the of the publishing house and the hotel that I believe you guys were just visiting, La Colombe d'Or. How did that How did that begin? When was the the genesis of of your first book? It starts with. Uh... Absolutely not the idea to create a publishing company. This is more important. And uh, it starts with uh, with love. It was a place, it is a place in south of France named La Colombe d'Or with full of history. Just because Martin and me love this place so much and love the family and the people, we wanted just to make a book after uh, they agree uh, to, to, to do, they didn't agree to do the book. They said no. We don't want to do a book. All the publishers in the world wanted to do a book on the history of La Colombe d'Or. And I was afraid about the Mathieu Vu, you know, something too nouveau riche and the painting, the people, etc. And we wanted exactly the opposite. We wanted to do a book like a movie. So I did all of the pictures and Martin wrote the text. We showed it to the family and we wanted to do it like a private book, you know. So it was really made in our kitchen, real kitchen in Paris. And we wanted to make it like a movie. So we wanted to show the shadows, uh, the smell, uh, something really what was addressed to us, not to the people. We, we didn't want to do a book. It was not the fact. It was we wanted to create something interesting, but we didn't want to do a book to be in the bookstore and to be sold, etc. It was not, we didn't know anybody in the industry, zero. We didn't know anything. So we did this book. They, they was very surprised. I love it. We print this book with no idea about the rights because after Martin can explain to you when you do a picture of someone with a Picasso on the back, you need to paint Picasso. 
We had no idea about that. So we did the book, we published the book, and the book had a big success in the press because people was very surprised to say how this book is so interesting because it's like a movie, it's like a video clip. It's not just picture with text. And uh, and uh, it was a big surprise because uh, 29 years after, at the Colomb d'Or, they still selling in an hotel where they have only 25 rooms, around 1,000 books every year in the same small hotel. So the start is that, and it's the true. Yeah, Martin, what did you think about this idea in the early days? Did you think it was crazy? What, why, 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 why a book of all things? Especially, it's a to do any book is a big undertaking. But even if you're doing it independently, that's that's quite the challenge. Um. I think that uh, we felt so well the place that it was uh, a way for us to apply that on pages. But it was um, more to try to bring the spirit of the place and to bring a little bit of the of the the, the mind of the, this family that we love and create uh, created this place which is so uh, uh, different from uh, uh, and still is. When we uh, um, we finished the book, they were on heaven because they understood that it was not just to to show people who comes to the the, the clients etc. who are very well known. It it was not about that. It was really the spirit in between all the beginning of art, you know, the the, the modern art with all those people, Braque, uh, uh, Leger, uh, Picasso, where it, you know not clients sometimes, but friends. And the uh, quality of lifestyle of the Provence, which uh, there is at the best. So um, we, we did the, the book, and uh, so the, we, we start to, to have, uh, you know, interest by the press. And I said, okay, there is a television who wants to go and uh, to, to, source, to, to, to show something. And then uh, they said, okay, we are going to ask César, you know, the, the big uh, French artist. We are going to be ask César to make an omelette in the kitchen. And that was the, the launch of the La Colombe d'Or. So to, for you to understand the spirit. And, and just to finish on that, uh, we published this book 29 years ago. And we reprint this book, I don't know, maybe 20 times. We never change anything. We never update it. So it's the same layout. So the DNA of this book is the same as the DNA of the book publishing today. And in the meantime, we publish more of 2,000 books. So it's the same layout, the same font, and we continue to use exactly the same ingredient to do our books. And Alex, you know, as you're someone who's... Uh, been raised in this. Um, I don't know if you're as old as uh, <laughs> as that first book, um, but uh, wh- how do you describe to someone uh, that you meet that maybe doesn't know Asseline? How do you describe the ingredients of the uh, of the company? So the publishing house started the year I was born, actually. So yeah, exactly uh, that age. I think that just this particular story is important. That means that it starts with passion. And when a luxury brand starts with passion, it's inspiring to the people working in it um, and and focuses a lot on, on that heritage. So uh, this is like the main point that, that I take to describe it. But I can... I can I can add a little story because Alex was uh, you know raised you know in uh, at La Colombe d'Or going every year, and he, he almost became a bar a bartender because he the, the bartender felt in love with Alex and so he was you know f- four or five years old and he was on a on a big box uh, uh, with him on the bar and he, he he started to do everything and he loved to do that so the the clients loved Alex. <laughs> Can you make a good martini, Alex? As 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 I hear. <laughs> good, good. Uh, uh, Prosper, I've read that you were you were born and raised in Morocco, uh, and it's sort of easy to see that connection between that and many of the books and the sort of love of the Mediterranean um, and that sort of sense of sunshine and sky and landscape. What was your life like before that book? Before before La, La Colombe d'Or and, and the birth of of the publishing house. To tell you the truth, it was the same <clears throat> because uh, I, I'm in the creative world from uh, 16 years old. I start to work at 16 in the back office of a magazine, on a magazine in France. So I was always working, mixing words and image. So it was really... Uh, 
my day to day, etc. So to do books, it was more important because the magazine, you put it in the garbage and the book, you always keep them. But it was always the same, uh, the same oxygen. What magazines were you working on? Oh, it was a Paris Match, a Photo Magazine, and a, lo- a lot more. But always in the art direction department. And Martin, you worked in the law before before you know starting your company with Prospera, if I'm getting that right. Uh, how did how did you find yourself becoming uh, working in the law and becoming a, or did, I, were you I a was, lawyer? I was student before to uh, to to start uh, laws. I I st- I also study a little bit of uh, interior architecture. But I was trying to, you know, like a lot of people of uh, my age, I didn't uh, had like prosper, you know, some real idea of what I wanted to do in my life. So my father said, you know, he was, uh, he, he did so many studies. He wanted me to, to be independent in life as a, as a woman. And he said, you study law and laws is, uh, is going to open, um, Every kind of uh, of um, after you know of of uh, it's not uh, to be a lawyer but any kind of um, doors you so it and it is true because it it form your completely your your mind and it was good but after I tried a lot of things you know I didn't want to be a lawyer it was boring for me you know <laughs> what was the craziest thing you tried. Oh, I tried to, I, I was, um, in many things, uh, concerning image. I wrote, I was, uh, doing pictures sometimes. Uh, I was, uh, I, uh, I met, um, PR. I, uh, enter in, um, you know, I start a, a PR company with, uh, some professional who wanted to, 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 to do it with, uh, with me. Uh, after I went to Rochas for three years and I was the director of communication. And then all that, I married Prosper and I loved what he was doing for years because we are friends. And there is, uh, and, and I start to, to say, uh, okay, I'm very good in literature, you know, and, uh, in words, you are good in images. Let's, uh, let's do something together. And, uh, Alex, uh, arrived and, uh, I wanted to be, you know, a little bit at home with him. So I quit and I start to, um, and I start to do uh, these books uh, at home. Before we return to the Acelines, a word from our sponsor, Janus AC. In the world of design, an appreciation of the outdoors is more important in our lives than ever before. Enter Janus AC. As a leader in outdoor furniture for more than 40 years, the brand combines unparalleled levels of craft and engineering to create works by the world's best designers and architects, from Andre Fu and Gabellini Shepard to Pierre Lassoni. But beyond the incredible products and designs, Janus AC provides a level of service and expertise that's always best in class. This year, Janus AC is proud to partner with sister company and premier Italian furniture brand, Poltrona Frau, welcoming their first outdoor collection to the United States. Poltrona Frau's Boundless Living Collection is vibrant and sophisticated, transforming any space into an Italian playground. The collection includes spacious modular sofas with woven backs, poolside sunbeds with striped fabric pulled right from the cliffs of Positano, and my personal favorite, the Solaria high-back chairs made from a handmade rope weave that casts a playful shadow which become part of any design scheme. But the line goes way beyond seating to include portable lanterns, coffee tables, and a stunning slender leg dining table made from teak with a surface covered in geometric glazed ceramic elements. Janus AC is the exclusive distributor of Poltrona Frau's Boundless Living Collection in the United States and Mexico. To create your very own Italian garden privato style, make an appointment at your local Janus AC showroom or visit JanusAC.com. That's J-A-N-U-S-E-T-C-I-E.com. And Alex, you've been growing up in this business uh, your entire life. Uh, what was your what are your earliest memories of of the business? Uh, and because it must be sort of omnipresent in your life, but do you have an early memory of of the publishing company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, pr- pretty clear. I mean, me as you can imagine, I met them at the hospital, so very different aspect. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I got home the first day, I guess uh, Martin's 
office was in my bedroom, you know. So um, I grew up a little bit, you know, surrounded by uh, beauty and surrounded by uh, all, you know, images, contact sheets, and, and just training my eye into all this. Um, just being exposed to interior design and into all the brands they were working on and, you know, fashion, art, um, architecture, and so on. So that was very, very interesting uh, on the early age. Um, and yeah, and at 10 years old, I started uh, working with them, doing the stockroom, uh, inventory, and then designing or helping them to like set up uh, corners and, and, you know, stores around the world. And it was really fun because every trips we were taking was uh, related to to a specific thing. So either an opening of a, of a boutique or just uh, working on the next book. And that was really, really interesting growing up. I have a little an anecdote who really, for me, marked the, the, the starting of uh, Alex. He was, I think, 10 or 11 years old. And, uh, we were in New York and, uh, we, we, um, Prosper was, um, doing the catalog of, uh, Bergdorf Goodman and he, um, he met the CEO and, um, had a lunch with the CEO and the CEO, um, asked him what you do, la, la, la. And he said, okay, I'm, I'm doing books, but my idea is to make the first um, the first uh, luxury brand in culture. So enlarge completely the idea and making something about culture through books, but also through lifestyle. And uh, he explained what he was uh, starting to do. And uh, the, the day after, the, oh no, it was in the afternoon, the CEO called him and said, can you come to Bergdorf tomorrow? And so he said, yes, okay. And he arrived in, uh, at Bergdorf and he, the, the, the CEO was one fresh at that time. I love this guy because it was at the beginning of something very important. And it was, you know, like, uh, like in a movie, it was a big table with six persons with, you know, the notebook and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and they were, okay, when are we going to start? We are going to give you, um, um, a big uh, place on the seventh uh, floor of the of the the the, the Bergdorf Goodman. So we start. They said, "Okay, September." We said, "No, we are not uh, ready." So he said, "Okay, October." So we didn't go to in vacations, and we started to to do everything. You know, for this opening for us, it was a, a fantastic chance. What opening for the first time having everything we like and we are in the same place all together. So um, Alex, we needed Alex. We start to need Alex, you know, in, uh, in doing things. He helped us. And uh, that is the beginning of uh, our after boutiques. And, and Alex, did you do so willingly or was this more, <laughs> was this a, a chore for a young man? With no resistance. <laughs> no, no, I actually enjoyed doing it. Um, you know, being having a, a seat at the table, you know, bringing uh, ideas together, making a little sketches and everything. I was very, very young at the time. So, yeah, um, every year I was trying to help in one way or another. And um, and when I finished college, I immediately like came to, to, to start as a designer. Before we return to the Asselines, a word from our sponsor, Dervit. Founded in 1817 in Germany's Black Forest, Duravit is the international authority on design-driven bathrooms. The company collaborates with leading designers from around the globe to create spaces that enhance your quality of life. With the virtues of design entrenched in its DNA, the company has garnered more than 180 awards for excellence. And for those that know its incredible offerings, it's not hard to see why. Take the new Zentia bathroom from designer Sebastian Herkner that's inspired by nature and the zen-like aesthetics of Japan. Yeah, well, I think Zensha for me is quite a poetic. It's about the senses. And when I talk about design, design is really about the senses. I think Zensha definitely is a collection you want to touch because of the smooth shape of the, of the sink, the structure of the glass and all the other materials in their combination. I think that's why we also have the kind of renaissance of the real materials like the glass, the brass. And I think in a world which becomes more and more transparent or digital, on the other hand, we want to have the quality. 
we want to touch things with our eyes, with our hands, and we want to hear. I think that's why Senja is on the point at the moment. For more information on Duravit or to find a local distributor, visit www.duravit.us or call 888-Duravit. And, uh, and, and Prosper, you must, you know, obviously, uh, all three of you know the business very well. And, you know, like in fashion, people say, oh, there is a, a girl that someone designs for. So I'm curious, is there a classic Asuline consumer, someone who collects your books and is the most likely to run out and buy them? How would you describe that Asuline reader, which I think is so key to your success, is that you understand that crowd very well because you you in a sense are you are you're also you are the living the life of the people you are making these books for if that sounds if it's not pretentious i'm going to tell you something but if it is not pretentious because i really think our book collection are really a book collection and not just shelf with books so if someone like one book and have a chance to see a lot, like in a store, he's going to buy 10. And if someone like 10 books is going to buy 100, not in the same time, but he's going to, to go in this direction. Why? Because I always say something very important. The reputation, it is the repetition. So the reputation equals the repetition. And it's exactly what you do. We do only three collections. So we have the ultimate collection made by hand, etc. And we have, I don't know, 60 or 70. We have uh, the travel and it's a, a big collection. We, we have, so it's, it's collection. So the customer, what we have, really when it starts to understand and to love Asuline, we have it completely for a long time because we have a lot to tell. It's not a surprise about uh, about what will be next. We understand what will be next. And who is that person, if you have to describe that person that, that collects and really loves what you do? It, it, it's somebody who, uh, uh, who, who is around uh, 35, I would like to say, uh, who is, uh, who lack quality and who understand what is design because part of our books are almost closed 80% of the time. Okay. So they are part of your apartment. They are part of your life. They are part of your lifestyle. So people understand how to use a book. It's not just to read. It's not a math book where you are going to learn something uh, who's going to help you for the day to day. It's going to open your mind. So it's like a collection of movies. Uh, it's not uh, Amazon movie with uh, 5 million of uh, movies what you can see. We are doing the editing and we are proposed to the customer the best of the best about style. On the 2000 books what we did, 80% are really just about style. And in the early days of the business, how did you convince these many fashion houses to create these books? I mean, what was the landscape like at the time? Was that was it today? It sort of seems obvious, but obviously you were doing something very new back then. It was no book on fashion at all at this time. It was really, it seems crazy, but 30 years ago, it was no books. It was few books and there was very expensive, super boring and like made for museum by museum conservator. So it was really something not very sexy and uplink, etc. When with Martin, we decide to touch this subject on fashion, it was in uh, 1994, exactly, the first, 95, the first set of collection. We decided to touch not the public who is interested by fashion, to buy book at $100, etc., but for the student. So we wanted to do for the student the best book ever the best quality ever with a very low price. So we did a book. It was a small, small size, but not so small. 80 pages, hardcover, beautiful, well done, excellent paper, etc. And, uh, one book by 
designer and we decide because we come from the magazine somewhere we don't come from the publishing we still don't know anybody in the publishing uh, world uh, today i have no idea who they are so we decide to sell this book and to show this book four by four so every four months we published four by four and we mixed the energy so it was uh, alaya with your chanel and uh, madeleine vionnet so it was the first set and uh, uh, a text very short but something like uh, 20 page 18 pages of text with the best writer on this moment and the energy of the brand and after we have six pages just for the caption this book was completely new it's like you bring uh, something completely new on the table nobody saw that before etc and uh, it was so much success we sold uh, this book not just to the student but really to everyone so today it was i don't know 100 books on this collection you don't have any fashion house in the world who don't have this collection it was completely insane it was translated 11 languages and it was really the first big start for asuline uh, in the world of the publishing people take us very seriously to say who are these people the fact is that we could do that also because we knew very, very well, you know, we were in Paris at that moment. So we knew very well the people, as Dina Laya was uh, the best friend of uh, Prosper. Uh, the, the, the people at Chanel, we, we were very friend. Uh, Prosper was friend with uh, Karl Lagerfeld and, and with Marie-Louise de Clermont-Tonnerre. You know, all the, and it was another time where the people, they, they were, they, it, it was more trust, you know, more, you know, you, humanity in exchange. And, uh, and so it was possible to do it. And, uh, I wanted to do a, a book with, uh, Thierry Mugler. Uh, I was with Thierry Mugler the day after, you know, and, and so understanding, you know, more and more his, uh, his spirit, you know, to, to make it on, uh, in visually. Uh, so th that was very important to know all those people. And we were, plunge in the the, the, the the fashion. We loved that. It was a moment of uh, delirium and and um, freedom and not the and 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 different of today which is more, you know, business. Marketing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was there was there a book that you did in the early days that you thought, okay, this is now a business. This is now not a passion project like La Colombe d'Or. This collection. No, no, this collection. We understood with this collection when it was uh, translated 11 languages and we sold million, uh, we understood uh, this is a business. This collection make us make Asuline. It was really the first step. And and you were you were quoted back in the day in our beloved Departures magazine. Uh, I think you said that sh chicness and glamour have nothing to do with money. And, sure. it's and how true is today. this? How do you think that 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 sort of outlook has impacted Asseline, the business today? We to tell you the truth, uh, it was a before and after. But this part of before, the only interest for us. We could understand this collection will be a business, etc. But it was not important. The most important was the glamour, the style, the quality. It was absolutely not the business. The, absolutely not. Today, Alexandre is on the hand and driving the business. So now we, we, we are driving differently the company. But, but, uh, this first part on this first 10 years was really about the quality, the glamour and the style and how all of these books could work together and to have a sense and absolutely never to do book for books, never. And Alex, what it, you're, you're this next generation. So to you, do you have a different uh, outlook on this sort of sense of style and glamour that maybe is different from your parents? Yeah, in terms of style, I mean, I think my generation focuses much more on like individuality, you know, showing off their personal taste through their own style. Uh, we like products, experiences that can be personalized to our own taste, you know. So in a sense, being different is stylish. So that's like style for me at the moment. Uh, glamour is something more, you know, of the past. Um, yeah, we keep searching for. That makes us learn also about the old days. Uh, it's something we cover because it's part of culture. But yeah. 
do, when you kind of have a discussion with your parents about uh, artists or designers or things like that, do you have like, what is your kind of your taste and what do you think is sort of in our culture today is kind of like driving this sort of conversation because something like gasoline has to constantly evolve or else, you know, that's, you're doing so many books. And so you're constantly having to make these decisions of like, you know, who, who's next, who to cover and what who next. to cover. And uh, yeah, what, what, yeah, yeah. And also we have a kind of like a responsibility of, because we work mostly on collection responsibility of who to pick on these things, because now that we're becoming more and more of like that, authority in terms of you know funnels and 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 i would say um uh, culture in editing um we need to pick the right people that are going to be next to you know the cartier the bucerati the uh dior and so on uh in that same collection because they are really like shown together um but yeah style is really you know it's not just fashion for us huh? it's uh it's uh, in terms of uh, design. It's also, you know, the, the the curation and so on. And so you guys must be pitched ideas for books all of the time. So I'm curious uh, when you guys are sitting around the table and deciding, okay, what should we do this next book or not? It's obvious. The... It's obvious. We know immediately if it's a solid book or not an solid yes. book. Yes. We, we, it's obvious. obvious. It's mm -hmm. crazy, but it's obvious. And also, it. I mean... When we embark on a project, it's something that's going to be for a year plus, you know, because there's uh, the whole conception of it. Um, and then there's the, the the development, distribution, marketing of it. So it's it's at least one to two years of like full-time job, just like on, on that specific product and project. Um, so it, it needs to be something that we we want to to jump in. That's something that interests us. Uh, to the fullest or something that we actually like and want to cover or something that we want to learn more on because we're going to spend a year creating it. You mentioned before this, the ultimate collection. When was the first one? And I, I'm curious as to why you think it was such a big success because sometimes, you know, in the world of book publishing, things that are too, that have a really high price tag, people tend to say, well, you know, you're not going to sell as many copies. There is a sort of a limit and a market. So what do you think that this sort of ultimate collection how did that start and and what do you think is why are your yours so successful that you've you've been able to do them for so long no, no, number one uh, what is important is not to create a marketing product because if you create a marketing product it's going to have a short life okay so number two what we wanted is to create um, the sensibility uh, the emotion of something a book on the ultimate subject made just for you. So it's made by hand. So this collection is all of the pictures, almost all of the pictures are typed by hand. It's really uh, uh, to make boxes like that with this uh, textile, etc. It's made in Italy, in Milan, and it's really uh, artisan work. Each book, not the collection. It's really each book and you have a tag, a label in each book to say made in Italy. It's completely insane, this collection, because if if we are serious, we need to, to sell it a little bit more expensive. But I really wanted to have this collection with all around the same price, they are all around $1,000 or $1,200, etc. But they cost a fortune, they are made by hand. And this is very important. This is for the... Uh, uh, production part. For the editorial part, it was always something very important. It's to do the best of the best and the ultimate book on this collection. So when we did Rolex, it's a hundred books on Rolex. We wanted to have the best 100 watches, the best author for the text. At the end, the CEO called me and told me, thank you, it's the best book never done on Rolex. And he didn't know we are going to do this book. So <laughs> uh, Chanel, when we did Chanel, we wanted to make it like an exhibition. The owner called us, text us to say best book on uh, Chanel ever made, etc. So we try each time to, to make this book real between the production and the editorial part. So it's really the, the word ultimate is not fake. We try each time to do the ultimate on this subject. Mm. And Martine, if there was 
let's say you are at the headquarters and uh, you are the only one and it's late at night and there is a fire and you have time to save one book from uh, one book from the library or from the stockroom before you can run out to the to the police and the fire the firemen what would you what would you grab <sighs> I will um, absolutely take New York by New York, which um, which was the a project uh, that I had in mind for for years before to start it because it was a lot of work, and I um, I keep seeing it uh, like it was uh, done by somebody else, but with this uh, this uh, pleasure, the same pleasure, and uh, I I will not change anything. Uh, but the the fact is a little bit heavy, but <laughs> I will run with it. <laughs> Before we return to the Acelines, a word from our sponsor, Ford Street Studio. Ford Street Studio's sumptuous carpets are expertly hand knotted and executed in nuanced color combinations that are the signature of the studio's painterly designs, which originate from watercolor art. One of Ford Street Studio's luxurious offerings is the brand's Thai silk collection of rugs and tapestries. It's a rare and exclusive production that involves hand-reeled silk spun into thick cords or soft yarns to create original designs by founders Janice Provisor and Brad Davis. These artistic designs are then produced by a team of women in a remote village in northern Thailand, where they do everything from grow and harvest the silk, prepare the yarn, string the looms, to weaving the carpets. The high-gloss effect of Thai silk makes it perfect for flat-woven creations that are ribbed, cable-knit, or brocaded, or for a more traditional cut-pile carpet, or even an exotic fur-like shag. And just like all offerings from Fort Street Studio, the Thai Silk Collection can be customized to your needs in color and shape. To create your own heavenly soft Thai Silk rug, visit FordStreetStudio.com. So, yeah, the three of you are, I would say, the best travel experts I could probably ever turn to. So where do you think is the next hotspot today in this sort of new post-pandemic travel period that we're in? What is the next place we're all going to be talking about, doing books about? Like, what is the, is there a hotspot that's now emerging in this time? Emerging, it's always difficult to say, but uh, interesting because, um, we we have done until now all the the very known you know uh, places which uh, represent our like brands you know but now it's a uh, it's a new um uh, it's a n- new since uh, we we did Athens Riviera because uh, Athens Riviera I didn't even know that it was so interesting and beautiful and close to Athens and so you had uh, all the joy of the Athens you know which is a uh, uh, such a such a culture uh, ancient culture but you know all the the the, the islands all, also feeling so these kind of uh, places are we know them now by people who comes to us and uh, and make um, and explain and and make them make us curious but so we go we are traveling a little bit further than uh, than the mediterranean and uh, but keeping italy uh, italy and france and spain like uh, like the, really the spots we we went to jaipur we are going to cairo we are going to uh, places like that you know and try to find the DNA with um, also what happened today, you know. So it's the, the mix to make the, the spirit of the place uh, understandable and sexy. And I'm Prosper, what do you think is the next the next big spot for travel? We, we just did something. We had exactly this question, exactly your question six months ago. And we say, why we don't go to the moon? Okay. And we did a book on the moon uh, in this travel series. And it's about why we don't go to spend three days in the moon. So it was all about this uh, methodology, uh, analogy about uh, what could be uh, the ideal weekend in the moon. So... The idea is really to break the rules sometimes. We we need to continue what we do on the travel. We are not going to stop, but it's good to break the rules. And we are going to break the rules like uh, we just did the moon. The next one is metaverse. And we are going to create more like this. Oh, Alex, that brings up a good question. The metaverse, which is seem- seemingly like a 
a topic some people enjoy and some people <laughs> some people roll their eyes at. What do you and struggle to understand? Yeah, yeah, and struggle to understand. Are you a, are you? Would you say you're on the pro or con side of of the sort of metaverse? Uh, uh, crazy craze. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm not like overjoyed and uh, and and going to shift our entire like you know uh, brand strategy and so on for that. Um, but I'm excited for like a new medium and a new way of uh, of showcasing products of uh, telling our story. That's what I would say. You know, speaking of the virtual, I mean, obviously, book publishing is one of those things that's doing so well. Yet, even though we've been told for years that you know, everything was going digital and print was not going to survive, but you guys have done so well. And so um, are you interested in, in sort of exploring uh, these kinds of virtual things more or is it? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, again, it's, it's part of experiences. It's part of telling a story after making a book digital. No, uh, that's not something that we are just an add on of an experience. Absolutely. Um, people tend to start, uh, focusing more on 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 books uh, for the past you know few years when we were all saying that everything was going digital because they they like that tangible product they like that tangible aspect and they like also that curation that you don't find online um, you type the name of a, a brand or like a specific subject and you're going to find hundreds of thousands of pictures on Google um, what we do here is the perfect curation. And also with the point of view and the right image, with the right text from the right author and so on. So that's what people turn to now, um, more on the quality factor. And you guys have a lot of amazing titles coming out this fall. So I wanted to ask each of you, which, which title are you the most excited about personally? Um, Martine, is there... From the ones we can talk about already. <laughs> from the ones you go, the ones in the catalog, I guess you could say, for the fall. For this fall, this fall catalog, uh, Martine, is there one that you you are very excited about? Yes, many, but I think that uh, the 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 one which is um, uh, interesting to see what's going to happen with is the one and and took us the most, you know, passion that time. It is about uh, the book about Virgil Abloh because uh, you know it was such such person very. Uh, very uh, different, and uh, the emotion of his um, of his uh, him living. You know, we we did that uh, because it comes with, with uh, an idea of, of a friend, and uh, we plunged totally in that with uh, our editor Christian, and uh, it has been um, all a story to make this book. Prosper, which which fall title are you are you? Are you uh, passionate about? I am in love with a new collection, what we have on the style. And we have three now, and it's going to be three every year. And I love the cover. I love everything. It's about style. And one was on Art Deco. Uh, the second one was on uh, uh, Orientalism. And the third one coming, I think, in the next month is about pop art. And the three books together are fantastic because it's really a cocktail on this subject. So it, you learn a lot, you are surprised, it's breaking the rules, and they are beautiful to live with. So it's fantastic. The next one are going to complete this collection. But this one is really a collection what I really in love. And why do you think that these these sort of style, uh, these this particular series is successful? It's because... Be, because it's, a, I would like to say, with no pretentious again, it's a, education of style on this subject, but with style. But it's education on the style of this subject. Uh, so the word education is not on the cover, but it's here, and it's very important. But uh, it's, uh, to, to answer, um, it's, they are not for specialists. They are for people who are interested in, uh, in, in the subject. We wanted to do something not boring, uh, and very open and uh, with, um, you know, to have in diagonal uh, all about the, the best of the best of those periods were so important in the art decoratif, uh, putting art, interior design, uh, design, fashion, 
social so, social life to make understand because when you do something uh, it, it's art deco is not about you know only a, a beautiful chair or a vase you know it's it's understanding you know all the the, the spirit of the period and that you can understand by by those books and it's the uh, excitement in doing them yes because our clients are not expecting from us to have something from a specialized and because our clients uh, our customer like also fashion architecture everything when we touch a subject like art deco pop art etc have to be with style it have to be uh, fun you have to be we have a lot of words who are part of our ingredient to make a book on a solid book so it could be specialized, but it is specialized with uh, with fun. It's light. Uh, yes, it's a question of uh, of much time because you have to see a lot, a lot, a lot of things to to really m make the selection. But it's 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 question also in in knowing your subject and doing it create the surprise and, and doing it uh, in partnership with an author a good author and alex is there a book this fall that you think uh listeners should really pay extra attention to um yeah one that prosper has been working on for the past year is the the one on the brand Audemars piguet we're doing the sixth year anniversary of the royal oak and I wasn't so much of a watch guy, um, but it started to intrigue me a little bit. You know, so much uh, happening about you know one uh, one special watch for an anniversary uh, of a brand. So I started to to you know um, deep dive a little bit uh, my knowledge into it, and then for my thirtieth birthday, my my parents uh, um, gifted me one of the the, the watches, and. You know, I started learning more and more about it, articles everywhere and then the book and so on. And just to understand, you know, the level of detail and complexity in terms of the movement and the caliber and so on, that is so different from one to another, even a year after that, um, it was just thrilling. So super excited for this book to, uh, to be but unveiled. I'm happy you talk about this book because it's maybe the best design uh, we did this last year. So. And are you doing this independently of them, or is or is this something where they are they are uh, they are participating? Oh, no, normally we are completely independent on that. This one I know very well the CEO, and uh, we talk about uh, these fifty years and we say why we don't do something completely insane. So we create uh, <laughs> that sounds uh, like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we create a book in three different sizes. Uh, one size is one. 2 meters, 2 meters wide, and it's uh, 70 kilos. This is for oh, the gosh. stores. Uh, we can, no, it's really, we dream about to say uh, no limit to create something completely insane. So this one, it was a collaboration, very close collaboration, but it's really a book what we wanted to do. And as the publishing industry has evolved, where do you think it's going? Like, where do you think that publishing, I think this is the million dollar question that everyone in the world of design and fashion and graphic design. And, you know, we all want to know where book publishing is going. Uh, how do you see the business evolving in the next 10 years? So we, we are maybe not the right person to can reply to this question because we really feel we are in the lifestyle business and not just on the book publishing. So our books are the reflection of the lifestyle growing. On the left side, on the right side, we are the shadow of that. We are a little bit involved, but we are the shadow of what's going to happen. So we create this lifestyle and the book is the medium of that. But to reply seriously on your question, we are not the right person. Alex, where would you like to take it, the Asseline name? In the next generation, so that's something we've been, you know, having uh, extensive discussions about. And now that you know, I'm uh, I'm here on the strategy side to, to take on that direction. I mean, it's it's clear, you know, we want, as Prosper just said, create a lifestyle brand. So we keep, of course, you know, making the top quality books uh, for the next few years, and that being the center of it. But starting to own more of the um, contemporary library. And then when we talk about libraries, it's not just about the bookcase, it's about the entire um, room, right? So 
um, adding objects, any candles, accessories, potentially furniture, and so on, uh, is not something that is not on the conversation, I would say. Um, for now, on the book direction and book side, uh, there's still a lot to do. Um, in the aspect of experiences, in the aspect of, okay, digital, but to bring the book to life. So every project that we take um, is going to have way more time and effort uh, put into it, uh, distribution worldwide and so on. So yes, we, we have big plans for the next few years. And and Martine, what is, what is your hopes for uh, if you could come back, if you could time travel and, and go visit the future, you know, a hundred years from now uh, and visit the Asseline headquarters, what, what would you hope to see there? Um, it's a good question, but, um, I'm so, I'm, I'm so deeply in the creation of the books that I am not really a visionary of the future. So, um, I'm, I'm more, you know, trying to, to listen, Prosper and Alex. My idea is to uh, open, but it's, it's our idea since ever, but it's, it is really deeply my idea is to open the, the brand to lifestyle. It has always been more or less like that with the special editions that we have done for, uh, for Chanel, for, uh, for the, uh, Andre Putman at that time, for Goyard, the, uh, you know, the trunk that we have done with 100 books, etc. The flirting with books, but, uh, going, um, out of the books, it's, uh, something that, um, that I would love because it's so much work to do a book <laughs> i always say it's incredible that to 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 sell something like that at such price when you see so many people around me i have team fantastic but so much you know uh, creativity and, and 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 density in in doing them that uh, i would love to have you know some object done you know or other kind of things who you just have to have a, a good design, a good uh, idea, <laughs> a good creation. And that's after it's easy. <laughs> yes. No, no, it's interesting because I feel you was in our office a few days ago. No, no, absolutely. This is absolutely my goal. It's a family business. Uh, what Alexandre said is the start of the conversation. The emotion is still here. Now we add the savoir-faire and the distribution and the logistic and everything else to can make it worldwide. But the emotion is still here. The passion is still here. So we continue to cook and we continue to make the bread uh, in the same way with the smell and with the best quality. But we don't want to make it, uh, we don't want to make uh, water on an excellent wine. So we are going to continue to control everything. A special thanks to Veronica Speck and the entire Asseline team and family for making this episode happen. The editor of The Grand Tourist is Stan Hall. To keep this going, please follow me on Instagram at Dan Rubenstein to learn more. And sign up with your email for updates at thegrandtourist.net. And don't forget to follow The Grand Tourist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And leave us a rating or comment. Every little bit helps. Till next time. Till next time.